Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. This is probably one of my favorite topics to talk about. Praise, gratitude, and love. I learned this first many years ago in the ashram, which is where Elaine and I first met and got married soon after. The relationship between praise, gratitude, and love is of such a sacred one that, is wo- that it is woven into the scriptures and the practices of pretty much all religions and all spiritual thoughts and anything that has to do with our beliefs that there is something greater than just the limitation that we often experience ourselves to be. It's ancient. It's not only just 2,000 years old. It's tens of thousands of years old, because even in one of the oldest religions, the Aboriginal religion, or in the African religion, we find evidence that people understood the meaning of what it means to connect praise with gratitude and with love. So today, and maybe for another Sunday or so, as we um, will explore this, I want to share with you that very simple teaching that has been so impactful in my life as we were learning this in the ashram and then traveled around the world and taught this to hundreds and thousands of people. I want to start with this graph that you're now a little more familiar with that relates to what happens when we externalize and project our own issues to other people. The further away it is, the less insight we have, and the closer we can bring it into our own lives, ideally even into the I am that I am, which is us as humans and God itself, the more insight we gain. The same goes for that relationship. We use the same graph where we have praise on the far right, still externalizing, and then we go to gratitude and love, and on the vertical axis we have feeling. Because one of the things we are pretty much aware of, aren't we, is that love without feeling doesn't have much power, doesn't it? Wouldn't you say? Or gratitude without feeling also. Well, actually, this graph, I have to change it a little bit. So in praise, there's very little feeling that is needed, which is actually a really good thing. But in gratitude, we already have to engage feeling. Just saying the words don't mean much. Anyone experienced that before? Ever heard someone thanking you, ever experienced someone thanking you, and you knew they didn't mean it? 
Huh? What happened then? It creates a rift, right? If someone expresses an insincere gratitude, it creates separation rather than unity. But if the gratitude is sincere, it can actually bridge mountains and oceans in an instant. People who have been apart because of some incident have been angry at each other for years or even decades. Sometimes it takes one sincere word of gratitude to just let it go. That is what forgiveness is. That's the power that the gratitude has. But gratitude must have feeling in order to be at its best, right? And the level of feeling we get put into the gratitude, that decides how powerful that gratitude is. And love is exactly the same way. Love, even more importantly, needs feeling. We need to feel love. Just saying it doesn't help. I'm not saying that if you just say you know, affirmations of love and things like that and you're not feeling it yet, that it has no impact. I'm not saying that. Of course it has an impact. But wouldn't you say that all of us probably in here online have experienced the difference between you know, saying words of love and actually being in love? while we say those words. And it's important to understand that. I want to start with love, because love is the most powerful emotion and spiritual practice that we can do. Most powerful. There's nothing more powerful than love. We often even equate in unity, and in many religions, if not all religions, God as love. We often say God is love, isn't it? Isn't that true? Many of us would say God actually is love. There's no difference between the two. And we have the ability to access that love with feeling and with thinking. But feeling is important. If we don't learn to feel love, it just doesn't get the power it needs. And that's also the hardest to do, isn't it? Like if I walked up to you and said, love me right now, <laughs> right? Don't wait. You don't, have, you, have a, you don't have a chance to get to know me. You need to love me right now. How likely is it that you will love me? No. <laughs> It's possible for sure, but it's very unlikely. We need to often build upon that love, and we need to learn what that means. And everything that I'm going to say today, by the way, that seems it's about outside, also applies to our inside. When I first arrived at the ashram, I was... Um, how old was I? About 25, 25 years old, almost 30 years ago. Can you believe it? Um, the one thing I struggled the most was to, to love myself. 
I, um, I left Switzerland for good. I had a lot of anger and a lot of grief. My uncle died, um, with whom I had a business together with my dad and my uncle, and he passed away. And I, I went into a really dark place. And um, I decided to, together with my dad, that because of my uncle, the three of us, we built this business. Because he passed away, we decided that we would dissolve the business. I took the money, paid off all my debt that was young, didn't have a lot of money, but I wanted to be a business owner, uh, together with my dad and my uncle. And I paid off all my debt, and then I bought a couple of items, like a tent and a backpack and a bike, and uh, stuff like that. And I, I packed everything up that I owned in my life, sold everything I didn't need, I packed it all up, and left Switzerland for good. I never ever wanted to return, never in my life. I hated being in Switzerland so much because I hated myself so much. I hated myself for who I was. And many months later, after crazy circumstances have come together, I ended up in this ashram. And I stepped foot on there and I hear, learned all these beautiful things and they taught us a lot and gave us exercises to do and one of them I will maybe have time to do with you today, together, was to look in the mirror and find something to praise about me. Just to praise, just one thing I liked about me. Guess what? I stood there what seemed for hours, which totally is not true, but it seemed like that. I stood there for a long time, and I could not find one thing I liked about myself. I had so much hatred about the outside world that was an expression of the hatred I had about myself and who I was at 25 years old, that I could not find a single thing, even a superficial thing about myself, not even one hair on my body I was able to praise. And then I learned this, and it changed for me. This was the way I learned how to start falling in love with myself. Anyone can relate to that a little bit? But sometimes it's hard to find the love within you. Do you ever get sick when people tell you you have to love yourself before you can love someone else? Right? I hate that expression. I, I actually really despise it. And you know why? Because as a 25-year-old young man, the only way I could possibly experience love is by finding people outside of me to care for. And if I didn't have those people, I don't know where I will be and if I even will be here today. So all of those of you who are listening right now, who are struggling with loving yourself, Erase that phrase, you have to 
Love yourself before you can love someone else. I'm not saying that phrase is not true. Of course it is. But it's not useful to you right now if you're in that place. And that's just the truth. It doesn't help us to pretend. It doesn't help us to pretend to be something that we are not. Period. So if we know someone, if we are really struggling with engaging with us and loving and falling in love with us, if that's the problem we might have right now, which probably even after COVID now is the reality for many, maybe not all day long, but maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes you come home from work and it's really hard to get out of that dark spiral, right? Remember that the people that are around you are around you because they want to be around you. And if you struggle to find the love within you, it's okay to find it outside of yourself. Because if that's the only way you experience love, then of course you should experience it. Because what's on the outside is also on the inside. Right? If you admire someone, a teacher, a colleague, a friend, a partner, even if you don't admire them 100%, if you just like something about them, that's a sign that there must be a piece of you that you love about yourself. It's a truth as well. It's impossible for you to see love on the outside without love being on the inside. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Oh, wow, I love that. That's good energy. <laughs> Do you get it? The same thing applies. If we are angry at people, and we say, you're wrong, and you do this, and you do that, and that's why you do this, and that's why I'm angry, and all that. If you see anything wrong on the outside, it's because you're still healing on the inside. It's the only reason. But this must also be true for the exact opposite, right? If it's true for anger, and judgment, and shame, and embarrassment, that when we see something on the outside, it must somewhere exist on the inside, otherwise we wouldn't have the ability to perceive it, then it must also be true for all the good qualities. That's how God works. God just provides. God just is. We choose what to do with it. If we focus on anger, then that's what we get. If we focus on love, and that's what we get. And quite frankly, screw, you have to love yourself in order to love someone else. Screw all that because it's just not needed because we can absolutely dive into the love that we have for other people so that we learn that that love is here, in here. And we love, 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 love until we get it. That's the commandment, right? The commandment. When Jesus, in early in his ministry, was challenged, he was challenged on the idea or on the scripture, the Hebrew scriptures, on the commandments. What are the first 
or the, the most important two commandments. The first one being, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. There's only one God. And we are part of that God. We're not separate from it. We are inseparable from it. And the second one is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Remember Ten Commandments, Hebrew Scriptures? That's where this is all coming from. That was early in the ministry when the Levites, the, the Pharisees, the, the, you know, the, all the, the uh, spiritual people in the Jewish community challenged, kind of like wanted to challenge Jesus. And then later on, um, he brought the new commandment later in his ministry. He got a little bit more, I guess, courageous and said, you know, those two commandments from the Hebrew Scriptures, they're great. But here is the commandment that you really need to listen to. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He understood that the neighbor is not enough. Because the neighbor is someone who is very close by. The neighbor is someone whom he might already admire. The neighbor is already someone with whom we are familiar. Jesus went another big step further. He said, you also must learn to love your enemy. Why? Because whoever we perceive as an enemy on the outside, guess what? Is a reflection of? Louder? Ourselves. So to love our enemy means to start to love those parts that we have ignored or rejected or forgotten about for many, many years. And the story of the Good Samaritan is a really good story to learn about that. And if you remember the story, there was a man um, that was walking along and he got robbed and beaten really badly and that was, you know, a little outside of the town. Jesus wasn't around. He, he just um, used it as a parable. It's one of those famous parables. And there was a priest first walking up to that man, saw the man, and, you know, beaten, obviously, you know, really in bad shape. And rather than helping, the priest just walked to the other side and just took a big turn and walked away. And then soon after, a Levite came, a scholar, saw the man as well, and basically just passed by, completely ignoring that man. And then finally, a Samaritan came along, crouched down, helped him up, put him up in a, uh, I guess, hotel back there, and even paid for it, promised to pay for it, and say, take care of this man. You have to understand that Samaritans were considered enemies back then. They were considered bad people, not Jews that were liked. It took an enemy to help. It wasn't the priest, and it wasn't the Levite, but it was the enemy itself 
that had the heart to help. Now we can externalize the story and find something really useful for us in life, but we can also internalize it. And we can ask ourselves, who are we who are beaten down? And who are the parts in us that are like the priests or the Levites that just ignore it? And we keep being beaten down and beaten down. And then there is a part of us that feels foreign, that feels different, that we, if we just let it, would actually be able to help us. And that's why the new commandment and the most powerful commandment that Jesus brought to us in very clear, simple words is to love one another. That's the reason. We do not stop at the neighbor. That's not good enough. The commandment is, and it's a, it's a big one, isn't it? It's not an easy one, but the commandment is to love one another without exception. To love our enemies, to love our neighbors, to love those we hate and those we persecute. Because every single person with whom we struggle deserves love. So he went far, far beyond that. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of struggle with this one, don't you? I have a hard time loving absolutely everyone in my life. Anyone in here who mastered that yet? Right? I absolutely struggle. And I wished I wouldn't, but I do. I get so worked up about nothing, I call it nothing burger, right? It's an absolute nothing burger. And I get so worked up that I look, you know, once I calm down enough, I look at myself and I go, oh, man, here I am again running into the wall, keep running into the wall, and then ask myself while well, I have a headache, right? Stupid. And yet we do that, right? And we shouldn't judge us for that. But instead of moving into judgment, which is just more darkness, right? We should just remember the commandment and say, what if, instead of getting worked up about the nothing burger, we could learn something? And I started to kind of ask myself, well, what would it take to love someone that I can't stand <laughs> in a moment. Because again, um, love needs feeling, right? I can't just convince myself, oh yeah, I love you, right? If I walk up to a person I can't stand in that moment, right? And I say, oh, I love you. Do you think they get it? No. The opposite is quite likely true. They might actually resent that insincere love that I'm expressing. It's actually much more powerful, which is where vulnerability comes in. If we walk to someone and said, look, I really struggle with you right now. I have all these feelings come up when I see you. I, I, I have the hardest time finding the love that I know I need to have with you and for you. 
that's much more powerful and sincere. And guess what? Once we start doing that, that's, when, that's how we build upon that love. So gratitude then is powerful, but often hard too, right? And there's a story about Jesus healing the 10 lepers. And if you remember the story, um, you know, he kind of tells them to go into the town and, and, and get cleansed by the priests. And, and then they're all healed. But only one of them returns. And Jesus asks, did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Again, it was a Samaritan who returned. But no one else. I love this story for one thing. It reminds me how little attention I give to how many things I should be grateful in my life. Right? I mean, honestly, the job of a minister is probably the best job I ever had. No, it is the best job I ever had. But it's the most excruciating job at the same time. Because what I love about being a minister is to be able to connect with you guys on a deeper level. But then I'm pulled away for meetings and stuff that I honestly just don't care about, to say it very nicely. I usually say some very differently at home. <laughs> and then I sometimes forget how grateful for I am to be a minister in the first place. Not just a minister for this community, but a minister to have this role to be able to care for someone, to be able to visit someone in the hospital or be there for them when a loved one dies or just, just have a phone call, a quick phone call, just about a concern someone might have and just be there for them. How lovely that is. What a job description. Right? It's like the coolest job in the world. And yet, I'm just like the nine, quite often, rather than the Samaritan. I forget to be grateful. Because ultimately, my job and my responsibilities are part of my healing and my salvation. And I should be grateful for everything, even for these Emails sometimes I have to write, or these emails sometimes I have to read, or these contract negotiations I have to do. <laughs> Again, this is all nothing burger. Paul tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. And I go, no way. <laughs> all right? I get it intellectually, sure. Yeah, I give thanks in all circumstances, but I truly don't. I'm just like the 10 lepers. Nine parts of me, you know, just move about, and one maybe once in a while stops and says, oh, thank you. Thank you, Unity Fort Worth, for having me as your minister. Thank you for allowing me to come into your house and into your life at the time when you're most vulnerable and give me, a complete stranger, your trust to take care of you. I wish that would happen a little bit more often, to be honest. 
but I'm learning. And I know so you will too. So we have to ask ourselves if it is hard to love everyone and be grateful all the time, what are we supposed to do, right? If we're supposed to love everyone and we need to be grateful all the time, how the heck are we going to do it? Does anyone know? Just do it, yeah? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I'm going way over time, but I don't care today, so we'll go just go, go back to this, okay? So, so the solution is here. It's in this thing, right? So love takes most feeling, gratitude a little less, but still feeling, and sometimes we just have no feeling. So what are we so supposed to do? Guess what, where we're going? Praise, right? Okay, so here is Dharma number one. Dharma means teaching, means many things, but it also means teaching. A Dharma is an ancient truth teaching that has been around for tens of thousands of years. And here is Dharma number one. Praise always leads to gratitude, which always leads to love. Say it together with me. Praise always leads to gratitude, which always leads to love. Get that? That is powerful. That's how I pulled myself out of the darkness. I stood at that mirror and couldn't say a single good thing about myself. 25 years old. Right? I walked across the you know, New Zealand Alps. I did some crazy stuff. I should have had so many things I would have, should have been proud for, and yet I was standing in front of that mirror and nothing, nothing came out. I couldn't love myself. I couldn't even be grateful for myself. I couldn't find the gratitude that I did the right thing to leave my home country with the intent to never ever return, to never see anybody anymore. And as bad as that sound, I couldn't even find gratitude for that because I knew I needed to do that. So guess what I had to do? I had to go back to praise. Because here is Dharma number two. Oh, not yet. So, when we are incapable of love, we can just take a step back to gratitude. Praise always leads to gratitude. Gratitude always leads to love. So if we can't love, we can just take a step back and say, what am I grateful for? This is why we're doing this in the month of November, because sometimes love is really hard. Right? Christmas is all about love. right? The birth of Christ, love of Christ, all that is coming up. We need to prepare ourselves to be grateful for that love first. But what if there is no gratitude, right? And then what are we doing if we even have a hard time to praise? Well, here is Dharma number two. We do not have to feel praise in order to say praise. That's the beauty. That's the trick. That's the magic. We do not have to feel praise in order to say praise. Let's say this together. 
we do not have to feel praise in order to say praise. Okay? Ever heard that before? It saved my life. I am convinced of that. I was going down a very dark path. And if I didn't end up in this ashram, if I didn't have the intuition to drop my traveling and to, to cut short my round-the-world ticket and skip all the countries I wanted to visit and instead just go straight to the ashram because they allowed me to get in even though the ashram was already locked down for training. If I didn't do that, I don't know if I will be here. And I learned that I did not have to feel praise in order to say praise. And I started to praise myself, praise, 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 until I found the speck of gratitude. And then I started to develop that gratitude by continuing to praise and praise and praise because I didn't have to feel it until I started feeling grateful. At first, it was just feeling grateful for being in the ashram. But later, I started feeling grateful for myself. And that later grew into love. It took some time. And it took a lot of practice. But at least, I was able to do it. And so, praise is the initiator. And it's easy, because we don't have to feel it. And if we go back to Paul's give thanks in all circumstances, one thing before says, pray without ceasing. And you know what I often do? I add the word praise without ceasing. For me, it's like a secret code. How we get to love. First through gratitude and then to love. And so we're going to do an exercise and then I'm going to be done for today. I'm sorry it's taking long, but I just felt I wanted to leave you with this for Thanksgiving because if, it, if you've never heard of this before, it might just be the right thing you need to hear right now. So we're going to do an exercise together. It's not going to take long. I cut short the meditation if need be, but this is important. So you don't have to do the exercise if you don't feel comfortable, but I want you to experience this. So be courageous and work with me. I want you to first pair up with one partner, anyone. You don't have to know them, doesn't matter. Just pair up with someone, if you want to find someone. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't pair up, I need to lead this. So. <laughs> so pair up with someone, don't be afraid. And again, you can always pull out. We're not going to force you to do anything, okay? You have your pair? Okay. So now you choose, yeah. Margarita, do you have someone? Margarita, okay, you're good, you're good. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so now choose who goes first and who goes second, okay? Quick negotiation. Who goes first? Who goes second? Okay. Good. Now both of you check in with your feelings. Notice how you feel right now. Okay. And whoever goes first will do this.
for one minute, and I used to chime, you will praise your partner, and your partner will not talk and not respond and not reciprocate, but just listen and take in. And you will just praise them about anything, about something superficial, their eyes, their jewelry, their shoes. It doesn't matter. Remember, you don't have to feel it. But praise them for one minute. Ready? Go. Ten seconds. And done. All right. Now switch. Three, two, one, go. Ten seconds. All right. I'm going to surprise the tech team real quick because I'm coming down. Who would like to share how they feel right now? How the feeling is different from before. Yeah. I feel wonderful. I feel blessed to be here. I, I feel great to be a part of what is going on here. Good. Yes. Do you feel the difference between before the exercise and after the exercise? Gail? I've got a big smile on my face that I didn't have there before. Uh -huh. And I appreciate the individuality of this man and the joy that comes from him. Great, isn't it? Right? Anyone else? Be courageous. There you go. I feel content, peaceful, that the worries of the outside world have just washed away. Excellent. One more. I feel like I have a new go, bond. Go, come closer. Come closer. I feel like I have a new bond and a new friend because we just told each other some wonderful things. Awesome. Wouldn't you say 
that by just spending two minutes that something grew in you. Yes? At least some gratitude. Some gratitude for the person who praised you without knowing you even, without maybe have even spoken to you, to you until today. Wouldn't you say that maybe these two minutes alone may have sparked a little bit of love too? That's the power of praise, gratitude, and love. And I'll leave it with that for today. I want you to take this experience today and feel into it. Think about it, yes, but most importantly, feel into it. Remember how it felt before I challenged you to this exercise and how you feel now and take note of that. Remember how you felt when you came in this morning and how you feel now and take note of that. It doesn't matter in how much dark of a place we may be. We can always, always, always pull ourselves out. Yes, we may need a friend, we may need some help, we may need to call someone, we may need to read a book or listen to music, and that's okay. We may even need to praise to some God outside of ourselves in order to get to this first step, to praise ourselves. And that's okay. Praise always leads to gratitude, which always leads to love. So if right now love is lacking in your life, whether it's your personal life, your life with your partner, with your community. And even though we're coming up to Thanksgiving, it may be even hard for you to find a true, a true deep 
and honest feeling of gratitude. Now you know that you have another way to remember who and what you truly are. We do not have to feel praise in order to say praise. Remember that. We do not have to feel praise in order to say praise. But even though we may not feel praise soon as we start to find those things that are praiseworthy in our lives and that of others, soon we will develop a feeling of gratitude a way of being grateful to the things we so often ignore every day, a way to find gratitude for even the smallest things. And then when we lose it, we can just go back to praise. Because praise always leads to gratitude, which always leads to love. So I hope you will join me in my true wish and desire for this community that we all learn to praise the least, even if we don't feel it, so that together we may start to become grateful for what we have and who and what we are so that eventually, if not already, we find and live the love we have for each other. And for this teaching, this simple teaching, ancient Dharma, this teaching that's a secret code inwoven in scripture and practices throughout this world, we are grateful. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.